All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to our brand new series entitled Spiritual Eyes. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? Man, we're excited to have you. Baton Rouge to Biloxi, those on the South Shore every week, all the men and women, Orleans Justice Center, St. Tammany Parish Jail, and the Hancock County Jail. Come on, Little Creek, let's just welcome all those that are joining us right now. Man, we're excited to have you guys. So hey, I'm starting a new series today, and I've been looking forward to this series, and it's an important series. You know, we, we don't apologize for teaching the Bible at Church of the King. Can I have a big amen right there? We don't at all. Why is that? Because we believe in this word, listen, it not only teaches you how to have a relationship with God for eternity, but the word of God also equips you how to win in the life down here, how to overcome, how to not be victimized by the enemy, but to be an overcomer. You know, the Bible talks a lot about being an overcomer. Well, what are you overcoming? Those things that come to you. To try to depress, regress, suppress, demonize, whatever it is. The Bible is a book that teaches you how to walk with God, hear from God, fulfill your purpose, and to overcome in this life. The reality is, is there are battles and struggles and fears and conflicts that we all face that are not simply, in my opinion and according to the Bible, they're not simply rooted in random events. Now listen to what I'm about to say. There are challenges that many of you are going through right now, and you think they're just natural issues, a conflict in a relationship, a conflict at work, a thing, this besetting sin you keep dealing with over and over, a challenge, something that is buffeting you over and over. The reality is, is that not all things that we're dealing with in a natural realm originate in the natural realm. The reality is some of the battles, some of the challenges that you're fighting right now are actually originating in the spiritual realm. Here's what I found. I've walked with Jesus over 30 years. You can't fight spiritual battles with natural means. You actually have to, listen, you have to fight spiritual battles with spiritual equipment. This series, we're going to open up the Word of God. I'm going to be teaching all the messages the next five weeks. We're going to be opening the Word of God, and I'm going to talk to you about the battle that you're in, the battle that we're all in. We are immersed in a spiritual battle. Now, here's the cool thing. As we walk with God, as we discover who Christ is, who Christ is in us, here's the good news. We can be victorious in spiritual battle. How many of y'all excited about that? We can actually win. Today, I want to talk to you about the importance of us seeing the war. This series is about spiritual eyes. First, you've got to see that there is a battle raging around you. Then you've got to see how God's equipped us to win in the battle. Speaking of a war, I did hear about a lady, the Church of the King, her and her husband. They got into discussion because she was out and they were trying to cut down. You know, they went through Dave Ramsey, budgeting, the financial thing. I said, listen, we got to cut this thing down. She went to a store. She, she goes to the store. She buys this dress. She comes back. And the husband says, listen, I thought we made an agreement. Look, we're not going to buy anything right now. We're trying to get on this budget and cut things down. She said, well, I, I, I understand that. But I went to this store, and I saw on a mannequin this beautiful dress. And, and I, just, I just, I don't know what happened. I just... I just, well, I just, I went in. I said, I want to try it on. And I tried it on. And, 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 and I... The, it, and the devil told me to get it. And he says, well, honey, we go to church of the king. We read the Bible. Pastor teaches us about spiritual warfare. Why didn't you tell the devil 
get behind me, Satan. She said, I did. He went behind me and says, it looks good from back here too. Okay, now, that may have been cheesy. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that was pretty good. All right, I, I better get back to the Bible. All right, here we go. The reality is, and, and, and I, I like to have humor in, in my message, but the, here's the reality. The reality is we really are in a war. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul writes this in verse 3 and 4. Here's what he says. For though we live in the world, here it is. We're not denying that. We live in a natural realm, right? We work jobs. We eat food. I mean, all, well, we live in a natural realm. Paul says that. For though we live in the world. But now watch this contrast. We do not wage war as the world does. He's talking about another dimension. Watch this. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In other words, he's not talking about the natural battles. Of course, there's natural things that go on. He's talking about a spiritual realm. So in other words, in the spiritual realm, this is so important. Remember my thesis. There are challenges and battles and conflicts you're dealing with right now. They're not originating from the natural realm. Some are, but a lot aren't. And you can't use natural means to defeat spiritual ent entities. I'm going to teach you that today. Matter of fact, over the next month. You, 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 don't, you don't use machine guns to defeat spiritual battles. You don't, use, uh, you, you don't use nuclear weapons. You actually use the blood of Christ, the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God. In other words, you've got to use spiritual weapons to defeat spiritual entities. You can't, you can't get that confused. The reality is all of us are living in two realms simultaneously, a natural realm and a spiritual realm, whether you recognize it or not. Matter of fact, everybody is. Some of the conflicts you're dealing with right now, you're going to come through this month and discover how God has equipped us. Here's the cool thing. He's not left us as orphans. He's given us spiritual power and equipment to win in the spiritual realm. That's what's so powerful. So how do we practically battle? Paul, in the book of Ephesians, gives us a, what I would call an ironclad battle plan. In Ephesians 6, he shows us how we can be protected from every, watch this, attack and onslaught of the enemy. There is personal attacks people are going through right now. Let me go bigger than that. Family attacks. Community attacks, national attacks, international. There's conflict all over the place. And by the way, it's intensifying. So as a believer, what do I do? How do I, quote, how am I equipped? Paul, the apostle, writing to the church at Ephesus, classic text on spiritual warfare. Here's what he says. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. We're not talking about being strong in your own personality. Well, I'm an Enneagram Eight, wing eight. Who cares? Let me tell you who doesn't care. The devil doesn't care. We're not talking about personality profiles. and We're, we're talking about we're not strong in our own strength. This is not about our mental acumen. It's not that. It's about being strong in the Lord. Let me tell you something. You can't defeat the devil in your own strength. I can't defeat the devil in my own strength. But I tell you, who can defeat the enemy? It's greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's Christ in you that has more power than the enemy. And that's why Paul said, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in who? Say it. The Lord. 
in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, interesting about that word wiles. The Greek word, by the way, <clears throat> Old Testament written in Hebrew, New Testament written in Greek. The New Testament word for wiles is actually the word strategies. Strategies. I believe when every baby is born and they're in that crib, watch this, we believe the Bible teaches that God has a plan for that child. Let me tell you who also has a plan for that child. The devil has a plan for that child. Let me tell you what the devil's plan is, to kill, steal, and destroy. Let me tell you what God's plan is, to walk with Christ, to fulfill their purpose, and to make a difference in the world. We've got to, listen to me, folks, listen. The only power the enemy has over you is your ignorance to what the word of God has given you. And that's why we need to know what the word says. Paul said, don't be, listen, don't be ignorant to the strategies of the enemy. He wants to bust up your marriage. He wants to bust up your kids. He wants to bust up your life, your mind, your future. Paul says there's a strategy. He says, we don't, we don't, we don't need to be ignorant to the strategies of the enemy. All right, now here it is. And, and I know what I so love about Church of the King. It just seems like the last four, five, six months, there's so many new people in our church, and I'm so thrilled about it. Church of the King, don't we love having new folks come into our church? Don't we? There's so, literally hundreds and hundreds. It's exploding at every campus. Let me just say this. So I know that there's new people in the church, some people from a church background, some people from a non-church background. Uh, so, and I also know there's young Christians in our church. And I also know there's people like me that have walked with Jesus for decades. And this may be, for some of you that are new in Christianity, this may be new teaching, but it's in the Bible. And it's so important that you get it. Listen to what Paul says. I believe that this series is going to give you answers to some of the questions that you have. Listen to what Paul says. This is what we're in right now. Every single person, by the way, on the planet, Christian, non-Christian, they're in this right now. Here it is. Paul says, for we do not wrestle. There's a wrestling match going on against flesh and blood. Your problem's not your spouse, it's not your kid, it's not the government. Yes, there's challenges on all those different levels. There's natural challenges, but there's challenges beyond the challenges. There's spiritual challenges beyond the natural challenges. Paul says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, watch this, here's the wrestling match. Against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul says the battles and the challenges are wrestling. Watch this. <clears throat> There's a wrestling match going on right now in your mind, in your emotion. There's a, the enemy, listen, the enemy wants to bring you into a cosmic warfare where you succumb to darkness rather than walk and live in the light. And there's a match. Paul calls it a wrestling match. And you know what happens to a believer when they begin to understand the, who they are in Christ, who Christ is, the power of the gospel, the blood of Christ, the armor of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, angelic host. You know what happens? The believer, first, they begin to recognize the battle. Second of all, they begin to get equipped in the battle. And third, they begin to overcome in the battle. That is the will of God. It is not the will of God for any believer to be beaten down and to live. Oh, yes, we go through trials, but you can overcome in that trial. All right, so here's what I want to do. 
I'm going to give you three things to lay, kind of lay the train tracks, what we're going to be going on in the next month and how I'm going to be teaching. By the way, you don't want to miss next week. Next week, I'm going to be talking about Satan himself. Where does that come from in the Bible, the origination? Is that just mythology? I'm going to talk about that. We believe there's a real God. There's a real devil. By the way, here's the cool thing. God is the creator. The devil is the creation. Just remember that. All power doesn't belong to the enemy. All power belongs to God. All power belongs to God. The enemy has limited scope of power, and he only has power over your life to the degree that you have ignorance of the word of God. That's why the devil's going to do everything he can to fight you, to keep you out of that book. All right, here we go. You guys ready? Say yes. <clears throat> Number one, you are not fighting your battles alone. Over these next five weeks, I'm going to be emphasizing that over. If you're a believer in Jesus, as a Christian, you are never, ever alone in your battles. In fact, there's an interesting account in 2 Kings chapter 6, one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. It's so powerful because the Bible talks about this spiritual world and the reality is so many people are stumbling through life and they don't recognize the spiritual world, much less equipped to win in the spiritual world. And here in case in point, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15, there is a dialogue that goes on. The nation of Israel was at war, physical war, watch this, with the king of Arman, a neighboring country. And there was a servant there and he was in dialogue with a man of God, Elisha. And a very powerful principle of contrasting the natural realm and the spiritual realm is set forth in this that I hope that you guys catch for the remainder of this series. And by the way, for the remainder is your walk with, here on the earth. And it's so powerful. Here's what, here's what happened. Second Kings chapter 6, I love this. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army. This is a physical army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? They were, listen, there were physical challenges in the natural realm that were before them. So he answered and he says, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, what was he talking about? Was he suggesting that our natural army had more people than their natural army? Not at all. If you could see in the spiritual realm that there's more for you than fighting against you, your perspective would change. Listen, listen, here it is. This is in the Bible. Verse 17. This is so powerful. The servant was so scared. He was freaked out. And he looked out and he saw this big physical army and the forces everywhere. There's horses and chariots and all this that was surrounding him. And he was saying, we are way outnumbered. They're everywhere. We have hardly anybody in our army. Then Elisha, the man of God, prayed. And here's the prayer. You guys ready? Here's my prayer for you. Trust me, I'm not him at all. I'm just a little preacher from Abita Springs. Can I have an amen? Okay. But this is my prayer for you. Here it is. Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. This is my prayer for you over your family. And all the challenges you deal with, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. 
And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. What happened? The Lord opened the servant's eyes and God gave him a glimpse into the spiritual realm. Those were not natural horses and natural army. Let me tell you what that was. He saw into the spiritual realm, the cosmic battle that was going on. Please don't miss this. The Bible says the angels of the Lord surround those that fear the Lord. There is more for you than against you. This is not something with a little Hallmark card that, you know, your angels watch. We really believe, the Bible teaches, we really believe there's the angelic hosts that surround the people of God. We really believe that. My prayer is that our eyes would be opened. Lord, open our eyes. We'll see that. We'll see that. Yeah. Number two. The second principle that I want to teach you guys this month is there's far more power that's packed in your prayer life than you realize in your prayers. Far more power is packed in your prayers. Let me say it again. Far more power is packed in your prayers than you realize. If we really believe that, well, I just need to pray about it, you know. How many times, how many times do we look to prayer as like a last resort? rather than a first line of defense. Are you with me? I tried everything else. Might as well pray about it. Well, la-di-da-da-da. Why let the enemy beat you up before you go to the God of the universe and talk with him and get battle plans how to prevail and win in your life? We shouldn't do that. Listen, when we open this book, this book is a supernatural book and it's filled with men and women of God, just like us. They cried out to the God of the universe and God filled them with faith and overcoming power. That's in your prayers. Man, we got to see this. Daniel prayed and shook a whole nation. Why can't we? It's in the Bible. He wasn't Jesus. I'm not, by the way, I'm not going to use Jesus as an example. Well, that's Jesus. How about Paul? He prayed. He prayed, and the Roman governments were shaken. And jail cells, by the way, were shaken. How about the early church in Acts chapter 12? You know what happened in Acts chapter 12? By the way, the first Christian martyr was Stephen. Then James was a martyr. And then Peter, the church goes, wait, time out. Time out. Hold on. Peter was thrown in jail. He was getting ready to be martyred, and the church finally wised up saying, let me time out. Let's have a prayer meeting. And they prayed, and the Bible says the jail, Acts chapter 12, you check it out, and the jail was shaken, and he was delivered. Why? Because there is a correlation between our prayer life and things that happen in the natural realm. We got to see that. That's why we got to pray for our kids. We got to pray over our job. We got to pray over our marriage. We got to pray over our family. We got to pray over our future. There's far more power in your prayers. Not the preacher's prayer, your prayers. <sighs> Pastor, why are you fired up about this? Because the enemy doesn't want you to see this. <sighs> James chapter 5, verse 16, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. We're not righteous in our own strength. We're righteous because of the blood of Christ. It avails much. There's power in prayer. The enemy wants to keep you out of this book. Sir, listen to me. If the enemy can keep you out of this book, he can keep you defeated. Because the moment you meet, listen, Christ, you get in this book, you learn the battle plans of how to defeat the enemy. And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. He fears that. Let me tell you, he wants to do in your life. Now, there is a real devil. 
Absolutely. And in our own human strength, we don't have power over him. But in Christ, we have all power over him. Let me give you the three things. Let me give you the three things the enemy wants to do in our lives. Number one, first thing he wants to do is he wants to blind the minds of the unbelievers. You ever have a conversation with somebody who doesn't know Christ and you're trying to share Jesus with them and you know you get saved and they're just like, what? The blood, the cross, the resurrection. Yeah, really. Come on, give me a break. And you're like, no, man, Jesus changed my life. And he really did it. And, it, it, and let me tell you why that is. Let me tell you why. They can't put it together because this is spiritually discerned. This is what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. This is what's happening to people that don't know Christ all over the globe right now. And it has for generations. And it will continue to the return of Christ. And this is why our prayers are so important. Listen to what the Bible says. Satan blinds the minds of the unbelievers. This is in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the God of this world. Let me pause here for a moment. God, Jehovah God, owns the earth. But the God of the world system, the Bible says, is Satan. Now, it's limited and limited time, and there's coming an end to that. By the way, I'm going to teach through the book of Revelation. I did it six years, seven, I don't know, maybe seven years ago. I'm going to teach this fall, seven weeks through the book of Revelation to help Equip you. There's so much going on in our culture today. There's so much going on in the world today. And I want to I want to share for a limited amount of time, the enemy is still God of this cosmos. He doesn't own the earth, but he's he's God of this world system. Now here's the cool thing: as a Christian, we can overcome in this world system because of the power of Christ. But listen to me closely. He blinds the minds of unbelievers. What does that mean? The word blind actually means. He obscures their ability to deduce correctly. For example, one, spiritually speaking, one plus one equals three. It's like, what? The cross, the blood, that doesn't make sense. Why is that? Because their minds are blind. That's why prayer is so important. That, that's why our number one prayer ought to be for an unsaved loved one or somebody. Lord, uh, open their eyes. Lord, open their eyes. I remember when my eyes were opened. It's, it's open their eyes. Everybody say, open their eyes. <laughs> Your prayer for an unsaved loved one or a neighbor. Lord, open their eyes to what? To see Christ. To see who Jesus is. So number one, he wants to blind the mind. He is blinding the mind of the unbeliever. And, and it's real practical. I mean, fact is, I know there's people that watch us all over the world. They come into church, one of our campuses, and it's like they can't. It's like they're, they're unsaved, and, and, and they're being drawn by the Holy Spirit. But they start listening to a message like this, and they start thinking about, oh, i got to get butter from the grocery store, and i got to check my Instagram. Well, why is that? The enemy wants to just confuse your mind so you don't hear the gospel, because if you hear the gospel, you'll get saved, and you'll change. That's what will happen. <clears throat> so, so, he wants to bind your mind. Number two, the second thing the enemy wants to do is steal God's word from you. He wants to rob you. Some of you guys who make a decision, I'm going to lean into the things of God. I'm going to start growing in God. Boy, the enemy, maybe he will fight you to get you out of this book, get you out of your prayer life. Pastor, is that biblical? It sure is. I'm giving you the strategies. Everyone say strategies. I'm giving you the strategies Part of understanding in athletics, you want to understand how the opponent acts, and then you want to, you want to uh, be excellent in your skill set. So I'm going to talk about our biblical skill set, our armor in a minute, but we have to understand how the enemy's acting. He's blinding the minds of the other believer. Number two, the second thing he's doing is he wants to steal the word. How? Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom 
and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. By the way, that's why it's so important. I write the word of God. I want to encourage you over this next month. Bring your Bible. Write things down. I, I, when I read my Bible in the morning, I have a li- the live journal. I write things down. Why? Because I'm putting the word of God in my heart. I don't want it stolen by the enemy. That's why I listen to messages over and <clears throat> over and over. Listen to me. I want everybody to hear me. I don't care if you don't like my preaching. Listen to good gospel preaching over and over. Why? You're getting the word down in your heart. Number one, he wants to steal the mind. He wants to blind the mind of the unbeliever. Number two, <clears throat> give me some water. Don't. The second thing he wants to do is he wants to steal the word from you. He wants to steal. All right, watch the third thing. <clears throat> this is good. Thank you, Pastor Doug. Mm. Praise God. <clears throat> Here it is. All right, watch this. He wants to set traps for you. My parents are here in the service, and we grew up in Metering, way before Cracker Barrel. (laughs) My mom had Cracker Barrel on the walls of her house. We had all kinds of things. We had old rusty things. We had I think she actually made a lot of money selling all of her stuff to Cracker Barrel. I walk in Cracker Barrel, we had that in our house. They got that from my mom. Come on, how many of y'all's moms were like that? Anybody in her? Okay, listen, listen, listen. Wait, 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 wait. So we had a trap. My grandma is from Cutoff, Louisiana. Matter of fact, I think somebody's new from Cutoff here, and she's from Cutoff. And Cajun lady, she lived to like 200. She lived to 100. She's a very tough lady. And so in the 30s, in the bayou, she used to trap before school muskrats and minks. Like she predated Nutria in Louisiana. <laughs> so we had this trap in our house. So my brother and I, we would go with sticks and we'd set the trap on the wall and we would hit the trap and it'd go bam. Listen, listen, do you know when the Bible talks about how the enemy sets traps? He uses the word snare, used interchangeably with snare and trap. Watch this, watch this, watch this. The enemy wants to set a trap. I'm talking to believers now. The first is an unbeliever, blind their mind. The second one is a believer that's not serious about leaning into the word. You get the word, it gets out. Here's the third one. He wants to set a trap for you. You start moving in God, which is what he wants to do. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare or the trap of the enemy, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Listen to me. I want everybody to hear me. This is very important. Pastor Steve, where does the enemy attack you? At the point of vulnerability in your life. The devil can't read your mind. He's not omniscient. And he's not omnipotent. But I tell you what he can do. He can study your human behavior. And he knows your behavior. By the way, he's been around doing this a long time. And what he does is he attacks you and tempts you at the point of your vulnerability. So if you've got a vulnerability and you fill in the blank, whatever it is party lifestyle. I talk about what I've come out of because I want to be very aware of not going back into that. I know what I was like in high school and college. I know. I did all kinds of things at the French Quarter I'm not proud of. I couldn't go to the French Quarter for 10 to 15 years after I became a Christian. You want to know why? Because every time I would go there, it was eerie how it reminded me of that sin. 
It was just like, ooh, I know there's good restaurants, but I can't do it. I can go today because I'm spiritually at a different place, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm even sensitive to it today. The smells, the sights, the sounds. Listen to me very, because I knew my vulnerability. What is your vulnerability? Maybe it's in a sexual level. Then get rid of the thing that keeps tempting you. If it's pornography in a computer, go old school and use a yellow pad. Whatever it takes, get rid of the thing that is a doorway into temptation so that the enemy does not take advantage of you. Are y'all with me or not? <clears throat> I'm very aware of the areas of temptation in my life. Very aware. All right. So let me close with this. I've got about seven, eight minutes. I want everybody to lean in. This is going to be a very helpful series. How many of y'all excited about this series over the next five? All right. Here it is. So how do we spiritually battle? I'm just whetting your appetite, and we're going to be laying, leaning into this over the next Five weeks, actually, I think all the way to the first week of July. How do we spiritually battle? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 to 18. I'm just going to give you a couple things and we're done. Therefore, Paul says, take up the whole armor of God. So we got to make a choice, a daily choice, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication of the saints. All right, watch this. I want everybody to watch me. There are five pieces of defensive armor that we put on to defend ourselves against the onslaught of the enemy. And there's one offensive weapon. I've taught you this before, but I'm going to teach you the importance of it. Then I'm going to end with a thought. And then we're going to pick up next week on the origination of where the devil came from. And and I'm going to go Old Testament, New Testament. I'm going to build, but remember the thesis, we need to be equipped to overcome. Let me give you the five pieces of spiritual armor. Number one, I want to talk to you about the helmet of salvation. Everybody say the helmet of salvation. <clears throat> when you get saved, you're immediately, your spirit is alive in God, but your mind still needs to be renewed. And Paul talks about on a daily basis that we need to put on, watch this, we need to put on the helmet of salvation. What is the helmet of salvation? It is the truth of God's word to renew our mind on a daily basis that we've been purchased by the blood of Christ, that we belong to God. Listen, that we have a greater one that lives on the inside of us. The enemy wants to come, lie to you, tell you things. It's the truth of God's word that counteracts lies. Satan is the father of lies. God is the father of truth. So on a daily basis, how do we practically put on the mind of Christ? How do we practically? It's when we get into the word of God. By the way, we never mature past memorizing scripture. Pastor Doug Arman was one of my early Bible study leaders, and I had three by five index cards. I memorized hundreds and hundreds of scripture. What am I doing? On a daily basis, Paul says this. Remember, you are saved not by what you do, but by what Christ has done for you. But you put on the armor of God. Pastor, I just know why I'm, def- I'm just beat up and defeated. Well, we got to put on the armor. Well, I'm waiting for God to do it. No, no, no. God doesn't put on the armor for you. You put on the armor of God. 
by you getting into the Bible, by you memorizing scripture. Christ saves you, but you, Paul says, put on. Everybody say, put on. You've got a, the Christian life, once you get saved, let me tell you, you get saved by the grace of God, boom, you're saved. But after that, when you, that's justification. Sanctification is you making a choice daily to take off the old and put on the new. And one of the ways that we do it is by, quote, putting on the helmet of salvation. Let me give you the second piece of armor, the breastplate of righteousness. Do you know the Bible says that our hearts are deceitful? They'll lie to us. Jeremiah chapter 16. But you know what the breastplate of righteousness is? Is that every day we put on the, the concept and the spiritual truth that we are righteous because of the blood of Christ. Listen, that we don't stand in God's presence in our own righteousness. The enemy comes and tells you, you're worthless, you're no good, you'll always be marked by the sins of your past. No, I am a new creation in Christ. I've been washed with the blood of Jesus. The old is gone and the new is now. It's the breastplate. Here it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All right, everybody say helmet of salvation. Everybody say breastplate of righteousness. What am I doing? I'm memorizing spiritual truths. Watch this. And I'm putting them deep in my heart. Watch this. That covers my heart. Let me give you the third thing, the shield of faith. Do you know the Bible, Ephesians chapter 6? Listen to me, everybody, every location, hear me. The Bible talks about this. Paul says this. He says that they're fiery darts from the wicked one. What are fiery darts from the wicked one? What are those? I'll tell you what they are. They are satanic suggestions from hell. Watch this. That want to keep you away from God, beat you down. Watch this keep you defeated, pervert the truth, distort reality to keep you in a, in a position of defeat. The shield of faith, you raise it up as you counteract lies with God's truth. The enemy comes and lies about you, lies about God, lies about where's God? He doesn't love you. He's forsaking. No, the Lord is not forsaking me. The Lord is my right hand. The Lord is my in my rear. The Lord is my guard. The Lord, no, no, the Lord is my stronghold. You'll never be, no, no. God says, boom. In other words, the shield of faith is 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 the faith in your heart coming out of your mouth to counteract the satanic suggestions from hell. That's what it is. All right, watch this. Everybody say helmet of salvation. Everybody say breastplate of righteousness. Everybody say shield of faith. All right, let me give you the next one, the, be- the, buckle of tr- the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Truth holds everything up. I, I wrote this down about truth. We, we live, and this is important, we live in, an, in a culture that is dominated by feelings and subjectivity right now. Situational ethics. You do realize that we live in a culture that, de- that has devalued truth. There's no objective reality. What is true to you is true to you. It's true to me. It's true to you. How do you even live like that? There's such a battle on the word of God. There's a battle against truth. There's a battle. Let me tell you, I am grateful that I don't wake up every day in a new world defining what's right and what's wrong. What used to be wrong is now right. What used to be right is now wrong. I thank God that we can base our lives on the, sol- this, the solid rock I stand, Christ, the truth of God's word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word does not pass away. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. Just hang on 10 years. Whatever's right now will be wrong in 10 years in our culture. Why? Because they have no basis of truth. 
There's a dissolution of truth in our culture. We don't have to live that way. We can live, our lives, our families, our future can be based upon truth. Paul says you put it on every day. Bathe your mind in truth. The last piece is the gospel shoes of peace. There is a Roman soldier's shoe that often had a spike in it, and they would have hand-to-hand combat like this. Watch this. Hand-to-hand combat. Paul said that we can, and right before they would engage with the enemy, they'd put that stake into the ground. Yeah. The picture is that we can stand strong in peace even when a storm is around us. Listen to me. You can be in a storm as a Christian and not allow the storm to get on the inside of you because of the peace of God. That's an armor. One of the greatest testimonies of the Christ is alive is that, that you don't fall apart when your world around you does. Yes, we go through trials. Yes, we have all this. But I'm telling you, as a Christian, we can live an overcoming life. Everybody say, how many salvation? Everybody say, breastplate of righteousness. Everybody say, shield of faith. Everybody say, belt of truth. Say, shoes of peace. There's one offensive weapon. Only one. It's the sword of the Spirit. Had a guy tell me one time, I was teaching a class, he goes, I said, what is the sword of the Spirit? The guy said, the Bible. I said, right and wrong. It's not just the Bible. It's actually the Bible that comes out of the mouth of a believer. How did Jesus defeat the devil in the wilderness? How did he do it? Did he think him away? What did he do? He said, it is, come on, answer it, written. It's written. He spoke the word. He spoke the word. Pastor Steve, how do we wield the sword of the spirit? Let me tell you where faith is located, in two places, in your mouth and in your heart. How'd you get saved? You confess Christ with your mouth and you believed in your heart. Pastor Steve, how do I defeat the enemy? I believe the scripture and I confess out of my mouth who Christ is, who you are. Devil, take your hands off of God's property. I've been bought by the blood of Christ. My family's gonna serve you. The Bible says in Acts chapter 16, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. What are you doing? You're cutting against the lies of the enemy. Does that make sense? Let me give you this last thought. As a Christian, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. The victory of the cross. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says this. Here's what it says. Jesus disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them over them in it, in the cross. We stand upon the cross. We stand upon the power of the cross and the resurrection. Listen to me. And we enforce the victory of Calvary. Listen, please hear me. There's a battle going on. I'm praying your eyes would be open. But you can overcome because Christ has overcome. And you can be equipped to win in the battle. How many of y'all received that word? Y'all received that? I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. Give me a couple minutes. You'll be out of here in just a few minutes. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. If you do not know Christ and you're not sure about your relationship with God, this is important. Please, if you can just hang tight every campus. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. I want to pray for you. Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe you've never confessed Christ as your Savior. Or maybe you once had a relationship with God and you've just strayed. And you say, Pastor, I want to rededicate my life to Christ. I want to come back to that place of relationship. I've strayed away. Well, the Bible says whoever calls upon that name, I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. Jesus can. Do you know Christ? 
Are you ready to stand before God? At the count of three, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. Every one of our campuses, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. If that's you, one, two, three, quickly. Hold your hand up high so I can see. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you, honey, as well. God bless you up top. Anybody else? Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you, sir. God brought you here today, sir. God bless you, sir, as well. Church family, let's pray with those that are trusting Christ today. Can we do that? Let's pray. Come on, all of us together, every one of our locations. Let's say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Now say this. Say, Jesus, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. Wow, what an amazing message. And maybe God spoke to you during that time and you want to give your life to Jesus. Well, we don't ever want to pass this moment by without giving you that opportunity. Hey, as your church family, we are celebrating with you. If you are making that decision, it is the best decision that you could ever make. You know, the Bible says that the moment you give your life to Christ, that you are made brand new. The old is gone, the new is come. No longer does your sin or your past define you. You are a brand new creation. Isn't that amazing news? Yes, that is amazing. And hey, if you are making that decision, there is a link in the chat room. We would love it if you would fill out that short form and let us know that you have made this incredible decision. And we have people and pastors who are ready to pray with you and answer any questions that you may have. Absolutely. And hey, as your church family, we would love to be able to come alongside you, to rally around you in this new life with Christ. You know, this doesn't need to be something you're just watching. This is a family that you are part of. And so if you're walking through a tough time, if you need someone to talk to, don't try to do it all alone. In fact, there is a team of hosts in the chat room right now who would love the opportunity to pray with you, to talk with you, and to hear your story about whatever is going on in your life. So let them know in the chat room right now. And with that, we are gonna go ahead and wrap up our time together today. Man, the service has been so great and we can't wait to see you next week. We love you guys. Have a great week.